Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk podcast. This is your host, Susie Lewis, speaking from Toulouse. And this episode of Let's Talk, we will be discussing business agility and the role of agile in shaping organizations. Today, I'm joined by Evan Leborn, founder of Business Agility Institute and author of the book, Directing the Agile Organization and No Projects, A Culture of Continuous Value. Evan, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much, Susie. I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with you. Thank you. Yes, transformation. We hear a lot about transforming organizations to allow them to be agile, agile enough to deal with uncertainty and anticipate market shifts. What inspired you to set up the Business Agility Institute? So I've been doing what we now call business agility for a little over 10 years, almost 12 years now. And for the longest time, it almost felt like I was calling into the void. And I was working with organizations across uh, Southeast Asia, in Australia, and we were doing some really interesting things like taking Agile outside IT, changing how organizational strategy was being developed, changing organizational structure. This is back Mm. in 2008. The global sort of Agile community, everyone sort of nodded their head. It's like, yes, this is a great thing, but no one really did much about it. Mm-hmm. So in 2017, with prompting from uh, a good friend of mine in Canada, I put on the first Business Agility Conference purely as a volunteer community-oriented event. And so rather arrogantly, I assumed that I would know 80% of the people who were attending. <laughs> but that was, I think, very far from the truth. In the in the end, I probably knew only 20%. And what was so amazing was just seeing how vibrant this community really was. And this sense that I was calling into the void, there were hundreds of people who felt the same. So not long after putting on that conference, we sort of decided that we were going to make a home for this community, a a community and a research organization to, to bring everyone together. Excellent. And what does agile mean? I've heard that you got a population you weren't expecting and that it was vibrant and, and people were looking to do something with it. So what, what is Agile? That's an interestingly tough question to answer. <laughs> so there's, and part of the reason is that there's multiple answers. Yeah. Uh, Agile, capital A Agile, is the four values and 12 principles of the Agile Manifesto, mm-hmm. which, um, to use its full title, is the Agile Manifesto for Software Development, yeah. which is good. And those principles, to be fair, you change the word software and you replace that word with anything else and it works for pretty much most of the organization. But it goes deeper than that because there is this fundamental, not agile, but agility that organizations need. And that agility permeates every facet of the organization. Mm -hmm. It touches the, the culture of the leaders. It touches the organizational strategy and the design. It crosses all silos, siloed boundaries. Mm. So one of the things we've actually tried to do is not define what we mean by agile because any definition is, is going to start limiting it. And, and in some ways, agile is what you want it to be, or perhaps I should say what you need it to be. There's bad agile, certainly, and there's certainly organizations who, who aren't going far enough. But if we look at all the different characteristics, you know what? The sum of those characteristics, that's agile. 
Excellent. I mean, I, th- I think it, it is a word that's used and overused and everyone has their own definition. Um, a lot of people refer to just the tools. It's Kanban or it's Scrum or it's a move from waterfall or it's uh, the manifestos or the principles. I'm hearing from you that it's actually a mindset and a culture. And I'm interested in what you think the role of leadership is in there. One of the things I mentioned just a moment ago about the Institute is that we're a research organization mm-hmm. and you can think of us like a think tank. Yeah. We have six research teams around the world exploring various topics. One of the common threads across a lot of our research is the role of leaders. And I can say with a level of certainty that leaders, whether they are institutional leaders, whether they are thought leaders, whether they are social nexus leaders inside organizations or, in fact, even outside organizations, Mm -hmm. the role of a leader is absolutely vital to enable agility. And there's a couple of key points. The first is around creating a sense of unity or common purpose. Uh, We call this one team, not literally one team. (laughs) Uh, no, I have had people question that before, which is confusing. But um, to inspire an organization towards a common goal, uh, an agile transformation shouldn't be one where I tell you what to do. An mm-hmm. agile transformation is one where we give you a vision of a future that is inspiring and the tools you need to get there. And then the rest is up to you. And, and that is the, the global view across an entire organization, every individual in that organization. Another facet of leadership, which we believe is vital in these journeys, is actually that of what we call people management. Not process management, that's less relevant. But we know for a fact that the number one reason people leave companies is because of bad managers. Mm-hmm. The inverse of that tells us that good managers are important. And even if we look at some of the more advanced edge cases of business agility, concepts like self-management, mm-hmm. self-management doesn't mean there are no managers. Self-management means that everyone is a manager. Uh, you manage yourself. Uh, and so that skill of management becomes doubly important in that case. So the role of leaders is also that of a role of managers. And the last kind of area that we tend to focus in on from, from our data and our research is the role of leaders in, in strategy. And I think that's very important in today's COVID-19 world. Mm-hmm. A leader has to have the ability to, yes, set a vision and communicate a vision, align an organization, but the specific strategy that is put into place needs to be adaptable needs to be emergent as circumstances around the world and circumstances within within the marketplace change and in some cases change very, very rapidly. This is one of those key areas of agility that as much as I love systems like Scrum or, or Kanban, yeah. they don't touch organizational strategy. And that is definitely a key area of business agility that is vital and Mm. leaders need to learn 
need to learn, full stop. Mm. I mean, and if I look at an agile organization with a capital A, the, there are lots of fundamental questions around the governance of the organization, the structure and the design of the organization and how they how they run not only their communication, but also their strategy and um, the, their business with customers. What do you think the biggest challenge is in terms of agile, particularly uh, in this COVID situation? Before I go to Agile, I, I, I'll actually just talk about, I'll keep on with strategy for a moment yeah. because this is one of the things that we are seeing very clearly in companies. When things change, like COVID-19, mm-hmm. right, we as companies need to make a lot of decisions very rapidly. And the decisions that we need to make tomorrow, we don't know. We're not even prepared to make them yet because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And for reference, I was in New York when the pandemic was declared. So I saw decisions being made, not week by week or day by day, hour by hour, things were changing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, that's certainly an extreme case. But what we could very clearly see was the distinction between those organizations that had strategic agility and those organizations that did not. And it was the distinction between how companies react to change versus how they respond to change, actually, all the way around, respond versus react. Mm -hmm. An agile organization, one that has strategic agility, was one that had practiced making strategic decisions organically, dynamically, adaptably, and regularly. So they knew how to do it. They had the muscle memory. They had the muscle memory. They had gone to the gym. Whereas the organizations that had no agility were were working on the three-year, the five-year plans and all that kind of wonderful things. They're the ones who, when things went awry, and they went awry very quickly, Mm. they didn't know how to make strategic decisions. They still made decisions. What was happening was the agile organizations were making decision after decision after decision, but each one was aligned to a strategic vision and a strategic goal, which was changing and emerging, but they knew how to do that. Whereas those organizations that were just purely reacting, they were making decision after decision after decision, but each decision was almost independent. It was just looking, looking at that problem and going, how do I solve that problem? Mm. And as they bounce from decision to decision, they effectively bounce themselves off a cliff because they're not actually looking where they're going. Uh, My metaphors are completely broken (laughs) here. (laughs) I think everyone will will get my point. So when we look at a time like COVID-19 and agile organizations, it comes to that ability to make and change decisions to experiment to uh, the whole safe to fail, right? Learning growth mindset, the ability to try new things and the ability to be wrong, right? But the need to move fast and and decide fast in line with the strategy and that strategy itself being aligned to the customers and what the customers need, because Mm -hmm. don't forget, it's not about your strategy. It's not about your organization. It's about the marketplace that you're in. Clearly. Your customers mm-hmm. are impacted by COVID-19 as well. Right? So, you, so you're there for them first and foremost. Yeah. So that's a bit of a roundabout way, but that's agile organizations in COVID-19 for me. Yeah. And I'm hearing the 
paradox between the short-term problem-solving approach of we've just got to make decisions and, and move on and the more growth mindset adaptability to change approach where we can pivot based on what happens, what happens in the market mm-hmm. and what we're looking at. How do organizations build that strategic agility? The sad fact is for companies that are struggling with COVID-19, it's too late. I'll use another crisis point uh, in a specific industry. Let's look at Uber and taxi companies. When Uber came in, taxi companies had no agility. They'd never needed it before. They thought their industry was disruption-proof. And in fact, they built entire systems, the medallions or the license plate, depending on which city or country you're in, which limited the number of taxis on the road and sort of controlled the market. They never needed agility. And then Uber came in. But... If you, at the minute Uber entered your marketplace, if you suddenly had a magic wand and became agile that day, it would be too late. You needed to be agile six months prior uh, to that disruptive event. And it's not even just disruptive. It can be innovative events. It can Mm. be anything. Mm. So what companies need is they need to start preparing for the next crisis, right? (laughs) Because... Yes. And and I know that sounds bad. And COVID-19 is certainly uh, quite extreme. But COVID-19 is not the only crisis that we as a society have hit in the last 10 or 20 years. Arab Spring, global financial crisis, Mm -hmm. 9-11, all of these, and, and a lot more than that, all of these have fundamental have created massive disruptive events for industries and if i can name three off the top of my head uh, in the last 20 years it means there's going to be another one in five or six years time i don't Mm -hmm. know what it is but here's the thing about an agile organization i don't need to know what the next crisis is i just need to know that i have that agility i've been developing that agility muscle memory so that when the next crisis hits or when the next, next disruption hits or when the next innovation emerges, I can adapt. Yeah. So we're back to strategic intent in terms of creating yeah. an agile organization. What's the biggest challenge for you in, in creating that strategic intent? <sighs> well, like all good agile coaches, I think the answer is usually culture. Yeah. Culture is a bit of a, it, it's a cop-out answer um, mm-hmm. just because it's, it is quite a generic uh, response, but it is sadly true. I have a good friend of mine who's working with a very established media organization, and she's going through a, a, a sort of transformation with them. And I was on a call with her earlier today, and she she was lamenting the fact that this organization and they're really lovely people, their hearts are in the right place, but they don't have an agile mindset. They don't have an agile culture. And even in the middle of a crisis, when they recognize they need agility, there's something in that organization that is resisting any kind of change. And she's afraid that that, that resistance will lead to their the death of this company. And let's face it, media companies, there aren't many of them left. So, so uh, at least traditional media uh-huh. companies. Uh-huh. That cultural resistance, the the status quo and the comfort that the status quo brings is mm-hmm. something that leaders need to push through. And I don't mean the CEO, I mean leaders of all levels inside the organization. Yeah. We need people to realize that you don't need certainty if you have agility. Because if I'm an accountant in the organization, yeah. then 
I don't have power. I, I have a job and I know what my job is and it's very clear. And as long as you can promise me a job tomorrow, I, I'll be loyal to you for at least the next two or three years. Right? <laughs> but the problem is that no one can make that promise anymore. And, mm-hmm. and no, no one's been able to make that promise for the concept of hire to retire has been gone for two decades. Mm. Uh, so inside these organizations, it's about developing people's growth mindset, their resilience to change uh, and, and their ability to adapt to whatever changes come ahead and like, pull back from strategic. Because right? like, forget talking at a company level. Let's just talk about a person right? yeah. because people need to feel respected. They need to feel engaged. They need to enjoy, they need to feel like they're doing something meaningful right, with their career. And if you can give them that and you can give them the mindset to be agile, then you're going to start shifting all that culture. Yeah. So we're back into the idea of accountability, empowerment, mm-hmm. and essentially psychological safety. I yep. think it's interesting your comment on all the different levels of the organization. In your opinion, should agile look different at different levels of an organization? Lowercase a agile does not, uppercase a agile does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the mindset is the same. The culture is the same or at least equivalent across all levels, all, all facets of an organization and across multiple, any industry. You use some of the key words, uh, psychological safety. Mm. I need that no matter who I am. I, I need to Clearly. develop mm-hmm. that in my peers, uh, full 360 around me. Need I need to help develop psychological safety. And that doesn't matter whether you're the CEO or whether you're an accountant. But capital A Agile, the practices and the processes do change. An accountant's not going to use Scrum, partly because you can't batch work easily uh, Mm. in a finance team. HR is the same, right? Uh, HR is very reactive. And and some things have a very long lead, like recruitment, and other things have a very short lead, like a code of conduct issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's hard to batch. So you're not going to use Scrum in HR. You might use Kanban, but there's different practices that will be used in different teams and different levels of the organizations. They're all agile in the sense of individual interactions over processes and tools, working stuff over documentation, mm. all that kind of thing. Mm. So they will be different. Okay. And, and I'm hearing that one size doesn't fit all, although the mindset is one of growth and that there are various things that will be common to all organizations who are thinking and acting in an agile way. What would your last piece of advice or recommendations be for organizations or indeed individual leaders uh, looking to get to grips with becoming more agile? I usually use the concept of theory of constraints. For the listeners who don't know theory of constraints, it's from Eli Goldratt in a book called The Goal. Uh, It's quite an old book now. I think it was... 80s, late 80s, mm-hmm. early 90s. But theory of constraints comes out of manufacturing. And very simply, it says that in any production line, uh, or in, in any flow, there is a constraint. And if you're building a car on a production line, then one part of that, of that flow is going to constrain the rest. Maybe it's putting in the engine. So it doesn't matter how much you transform or optimize or make the the door team more efficient. Mm -hmm. It's the engine team that is constraining 
the the cars coming off the line faster. Mm-hmm. So uh, the corollary to that is that there is always a constraint. So when you do optimize the engine team, now perhaps it's the door team that is the constraint or the wheel team, it doesn't really matter. So I extend this and with apologies to Eli Goldratt, I talk about Evan's theory of agile constraints. An organization is only as agile as its least agile part. And if you've been doing capital A agile in software for 20 years, congratulations. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, especially since it's only 19 years old, but (laughs) um, uh, well, Scrum predates that. We can trace Scrum back to 1986 if you want. If you've been doing agile in IT for a long time and you're very mature, then you hit diminishing returns a long time ago because the constraint to agility in your organization is not software. And for many organizations, it's not been software for a long time. When I was using Agile back in 2003, 2004, we were doing Scrum. I was was a government public servant at the time. And we were deploying change to staging because the ops team wouldn't let us deploy to production. So my constraint at the time to agility wasn't my team's ability to to be agile, it was the ops team ability to deploy. So, okay, yes, we invented DevOps to solve that problem. But remember, (laughs) there is always a constraint. We have a software team that can deploy every two weeks. We have a DevOps process that can allow us to deploy change every 11 seconds if we use Amazon statistic. Mm -hmm. So where's the constraint in your organization? If you can find that, that's where you need to invest in your transformation, not in capital A agile in the software team. In my experience, and I do have a fair amount of experience, so I say this with some confidence, that there are four key areas that are the constraint for most companies. Number one is finance. The budgeting process is a massive constraint for many organizations. Mm -hmm. Second one is HR specifically around recruitment, uh, performance management. It doesn't matter if you can deploy every 11 seconds if it takes you three months to hire the right person or 18 months to get a budget um, change approved. Uh, You're not 11 seconds agile, you're 18 months agile. The other two areas, one is marketing. So that's a constraint on the other side of the equation where sales and marketing aren't able to engage with the customers well enough to provide the feedback loop into the development of the operations teams. And then lastly, specifically in regulated environments, but your compliance teams. So if you're in a bank uh, or healthcare, the compliance teams are often uh, a lot of constraint to agility. And in fact, in my experience, the compliance teams are often more restrictive than the actual regulator themselves. So I've had experiences where we wanted to do something, compliance wouldn't let us, we spoke to the regulator and they said, yeah, that's fine, you can do that. So our internal constraints are what is, what holding, is what is holding us back in terms of agility. Okay. So yeah, so I'm, I'm hearing therefore that it's not a one size fits all and that the organization has to meet the organization where it's at in terms of majority. So that's cultural majority yeah. and internal constraints and also the market it works in. Okay, thank you no, very much thank you. for, for coming and sharing your thoughts. It was great conversation. There's lots of nuggets in there. Please do go and check out the Business Agility Institute. You can join as an individual or as an organization. Even thank you very much. No, thank you. Absolute pleasure. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If so, please head over to iTunes to give us your opinion and your rating. So it's bye f- from me for now, and see you soon for the next episode of Let's Talk. <laughs>